spectacular. Matthew, Matthew, are you there? That's why this podcast rules. Night falls once again here in the greater Austin, Texas area like it does every day about the same time. We're here on a special day. It happens once a year. It's called Cinco de Mateo. Things get a little weird. I wish I had a view of a bird feeder, but I'm comfortably ensconced in my garage, wrapped in my garage. I'm so excited about tonight's episode. It's episode 91. You might find that inauspicious, but not us. Not here at one magical hour. Uh, Schaefer and Matthew podcast Pachanga. We find each and every number to be full of auspicion. I'm so excited to talk to this guy. You know him. As my podcast, Ride or Die, you might have heard him talked about as old possum arm. He either lives in a cave or a castle, but we know he's ivy covered. He's your favorite. He's the he's the root of all podcasts. <laughs> he's Uncle Shafy. Hey, Shafy. He was a fast machine. He kept his motor clean. He was the best damn caster that I've ever seen. He had the water heater telling me no lie. I was taking more than my share. He had me fighting for rare. He was making me laugh with his humorous airs. Cause the garage was shaking. The earth was quaking. My mind was aching. And we were casting a Matthew. Shook me all night long. He knocked me out, Matthew. Cast it all night long. Oh, oh, yeah, he cast it all night long. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Man. Where? Where's Ooh. Angus? Oi, I am. Uh, I am. So high on adrenaline right now. Good, Boy. good. Yeah, it's not easy to just get up and sing right at the first of the cast. Uh, gotta, I want. We did this jump right in there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this was a whole experiment. Um, things were a little different. You might have noticed we flipped the script, as they used to call it. Uh, Shafee has been getting into the parody writing business just sort of on the side. And I've been wondering what it's like to be the intro guy. And, uh, you know, we are flexible here. I mean, not so much in the hamstrings or the glutes, but, you know, (laughs) we're up for doing different stuff. (laughs) We just got to stretch first. And uh, we thought we'd just change it around. Actually, you know what? 
you suggested this probably on episode 22. You were like, how about we how about we change it up? How about we go how about you do my part? And I I felt like at the time we should just establish it first before we Yeah, yeah. before we do a Bizarro World episode with a blue He-Man. Um, it makes way way more sense to do it a hundred hundred episodes down the road. But ninety one, you know, it never expected it, so I think that was right on time. Also, I showed up at the cast without a parody, and Schaefer was like, "I've got one. Let me just do it." It was like that's. I was you. honestly, I was thinking about this last. I was thinking about that parody, and it was making me laugh. And I was like, "We should do that sometime." But then it's Matthew's birthday today, and he said he didn't have a parody. I was like, "What better parody?" Uh, for your birthday, than a than a Matthew Matthew pot Matthew cast it all night long. Did you notice that when I first went into that chorus, I got the Matthew right, but then I said shook me and I cast it all night long. Um, <laughs> I screwed up, kind of the most important. I didn't. Part. I didn't know there was a little digital hit right in the middle of your thing. You like zapped out there there's oh. some bar that we missed i'll have to if it's too egregious we'll re-record it okay we'll see although although we could never i mean that was a lot of adrenaline it took a lot for you that to get was, up there that, that might have been lightning in a bottle folks i like how you stayed in that falsetto the whole time it was really outstanding thank you and also like the highest form of flattery like you know you you essentially wrote a song about me Thank you. That was great. This is a great episode. This is another one of those. You never thought that 91 would be a gem, but. (laughs) And happy birthday, buddy. Thank you. Uh, Like I mentioned it uh, in the intro, Cinco de Mateo, they call it. Um, Of course, we're celebrating. Getting a a lot of feedback. A lot of people getting at us about your your shindig on Friday night at the front page. Are are Jeff and Kat going to make it? I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of a uh, lot of question marks in one magical universe. I figure we'll just we'll just wait and see. You know, Each one will be it, its own exciting surprise. You know what would be the um, you know what would be the coup de gras? I, I, What's that? I, we should put that in the old workshop because I'm not exactly sure if I'm using that right. But I think like the ultimate would be if if Sensei. Uh, executive producer Alex Battle showed up for the. <laughs> that would be amazing. But but also uh, I want to see Jeff and Cat and um, I've been thinking about old friends and I have a whole uh, soliloquy about all of that coming up. But we I think we should get to um, Matthew. Uh, now is as good a time as any to tell you there was a uh, there was a conspiracy uh, working behind you involving like people's airline miles and stuff, all sorts of things to get Alex down here. It just did, it didn't work, dude. Didn't work this time, that but he's, he's going to come down. Oh, my God. Dude, that soon. would have blown my whole mind. <laughs> and if uh, if you're in one magical universe and you're not Alex Battles, please know Matthew will be very excited to see you, too. I've never met Alex in person. I, I believe that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I know. that's That seems very likely to me. We came. We came. To into Brooklyn for a hoot nanny, but I don't think we made it into the bar for some reason, or it was done. I think the hoot nanny was done, and we just came and got you from this bar. Uh, I, I, and you were part you, of the it, gang that 
you were you by any chance part of the Austin gang that crashed Dickie's wedding? I was, I was, and I was very inebriated that night. Um, I, so. you know, I, I barely remember just the lawn of what is that? What is that building that it was at? That's I can't like, remember what that. I love that building. It's though. like it's the cool. Daughters of the Revolutionary War, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, some Cracker Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we gotta look that up. But um, yeah, and I don't recall meeting him that night, but he was he was there. That that may have been our. We've had a couple of brushes, you know, like we've been in the same room, but never really met except, yeah. you know, here on the podcast and on the computer. Isn't that so weird? Like, Where you know, you? people f- from the computer, like Alex could totally be a simulation. <laughs> you spent a lot of time with that particular. He could be like Max place. Headroom. Um, well, I'm. I have a lot of emotional stuff to talk about. So let's get some segments out of the way. And just talking about like being excited to see Alex battles. I have a lot of friends from, you know, here and there near and far, you know, like people in your life that you just like haven't seen in so long because they live on a different coast. And like, anyway, Let's do an old classic here because I know that you have some breaking news. And you know what I like with my breaking news? What's that? I like shuffleboard. I like drinks with umbrellas in them. <laughs> I, I, I like an aft deck. I like a good old-fashioned news cruise. <laughs> I hope I remember to put the music in. Exciting and news. And we're letting the music play. It's really good. Uh, I'm also putting in oh, uh, yield workshop. Oh, we got a yield workshop. Oh, okay. We can go right into that. Sure. Uh, no, but uh, that's breaking so news. Exciting. Is that we can think of a word and we can talk about it on the same podcast. <laughs> breaking news. No, I'm excited, uh, guys. I've got this in here. A big deal today. Uh, Facebook set up you know they had their they set up their banana supreme court right um facebook had you know their their in company oversight board which was today going to hand out hand down their judgment on whether donald trump was continued going to continue to be banned from facebook or be allowed back on by the way a shot of that board looks like the cast of the munsters (laughs) <laughs> is that right? Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. Just trust me. Don't don't look it up. Just put just have that in your mind. I can uh, I can picture it. I can picture uh-huh. it. Yeah. And so, uh, and and the news broke earlier today, but I hadn't seen it, so I wanted to break the news to myself on the podcast because I'm really interested and excited about it. And do you know Matthew? <laughs> no. Tell me. They upheld the band. Oh, oh, Which yes. Really surprises oh, me. I, I did know, and also, uh, I'm, I'm stoked about it as well. And as soon as you said, I have some breaking news. Like there was only one news story today, as far as I can tell. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, uh, so, but they also hedged a little bit. They said they're going to reassess uh, in in six months' time. Uh, you know, Kai Ristall, who is where you know I get. All of my, I, 
he's my uh, he's my internet oracle. He's the one that I believe when I listen to the internet. You know, he's the north star uh, of journalism for you. For me, yeah, Kai Kyra's doll and Molly Wood, sure. you know, from the Make Me Smart podcast, sure, uh, and, and Barkett Place. Kyra's doll, Kyra's doll says it doesn't matter what this over, oversight board says. Uh, uh, Zuckerberg's going to do whatever he wants anyway. So we'll see if that's true. Um, but I just, you know, I think. A message has been sent, and that's like, you know, we don't put up with, you know, nastiness from anybody. And I, I think that that's, that's an important thing. That's kind of what all of this, you know, it, it, people talk about the progressive left not having an overarching theme. But, you know, you know we're not going to put up with violence from police. We're not going to put up with, uh, you know rich uh rich dudes uh molesting women uh, you know and we're not going to put up with hate speech on facebook this to me i think it is an overarching message you know we're not going to put up with violence or the uh or violence with your birds or violence with your guns or or violence with your with your wiener mr mr harvey weinstein or whoever it is uh and uh, you know i I'm not joking about any of this stuff. I, I put a weird joke in there. I don't know, just because uh, I guess well, it's I'm, a podcasting. I'm podcasting yeah. But, but yeah, anybody who says that the progressive left doesn't have an overarching, you know, theme or goal or or uh, <laughs> it would be helpful like if I could think of a good word for this uh, is wrong. You know, I think it's I think it's very clear. And, you know, I, I would throw, I would throw, you know, health, healthcare in there too. You know, that's, that to me is, is rich people doing violence to poor people just in a different kind of way, you know? Oh, are you one of these guys and, that think everybody deserves healthcare? <laughs> yes, I am. You radical. I think. You GD socialist. I think, <laughs> I think that when little kids have sore throats, they should have access to <laughs> antibiotics. Go back to it's Russia. Weird, you know, it's something. <laughs> call, call me, call me a doid, bleeding heart, but uh, <laughs> it's true. Anyway, so there's my there's my news cruise for you guys. I, I I'm going to research the matter a little more, and I will get back to you because I think this is worth worth following up on. But uh, like I say, I just I broke the news to myself right now, so. I'll need to process a little bit. And uh... Uh, my my only concern about this story is that I feel like the right can easily spin this, uh, y- you know. Oh sure. Yeah. Where, whereas any sort of clear eyed look out of it at it would be simply deplatforming an entity who has proven to spark violence and create a lack of civility inside. I, I, what you were saying about the progressive agenda a minute ago, I feel like a call for civility, a return to civility is part of the progressive agenda. Um, but, um, or, or just civil discourse, but, uh, um, but I, I don't, I, I'm afraid this is going to get conflated with like, Oh, they're trying see, they're trying to silence somebody. You know, and that's uh, that's unconstitutional. They'll they'll say a bunch of things that are basically just a misunderstanding of the situation. 
It's easily yeah. spun. But I mean, that doesn't make it not a good, not good. I can just, I can already hear the bullshit yeah. <laughs> bang on the other side. So, fortunately, yeah, that echoes through your brain at all times. Yeah, uh, mostly thanks to Facebook. <laughs> True. True. Also, like so some of the things you were saying, I was thinking, like, well, they're saying that they're not going to put up with hate speech when it proves to be detrimental they'll take a chance on some other people who may (laughs) just be crackpots, but you know, it, the whole thing is, uh, some kind of twisted mind warp mind meld look at how the internet has changed our lives. The fact that these platforms that were essentially to like, remember how Facebook was started, like, rating hot chicks or or just even just like a sort of a myspace page here's here's the music i make and here's the books i'm into to the way that the leader of the free world speaks to the to society like uh it is absolutely bananas when they called it social media i thought that was mostly social but now it's become like media and that's frightening (laughs) It's frightening. Where do we go from there? Boy, the show really... It, the show started good, you know? And then, like... Mm. Sorry, that was good. I'm, I don't mean to... We should focus on the good there. And then old Shafe had to go bring politics into everything. Let's go on to... Um, let's go on to Yao's here. Do you have Coup de Gras up? Or, or... I, do you know have a, you have a beat for me? Oh yeah, I I made this special like super special like sometimes I just like pick it out, but this this one I like took some time and I was like then I was like really feeling it before the cast, you know what I'm saying? saying? And I was like, so it's, it's sort of a different beat, you know what I'm saying? Saying saying saying. All right, buddy. Uh, this is interesting. Because this, there is a nuance here that I d- did not realize. Okay. Uh, First thing, did I use it right? Would Alex coming to my gras. birthday party be a coup de gras? No. <laughs> okay, that's what's important. <laughs> or, or maybe in the in the maybe if you really uh, if you really massage the definition, you okay, might be able right. to get it there. But yeah, uh, that's no, why we do yield workshop. In my in my mind, a coup de gras was a death blow. Okay. And it is from the French coup de grace. It, it literally translates to the stroke of grace. And it's actually, it is the death blow, but it's, it's performed. It's an act of mercy. It's a death blow to end the suffering of a severely wounded person or animal. It can be a Mercy killing of mortally wounded civilians or soldiers, friends or enemies, and with or without the sufferer's consent. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, not Alex Battles visiting you. Yeah. Really. <laughs> so what was the phrase that I was looking for? Um, the piece de resistance? Yes, that's it. <laughs> That is, is it. it. That is was, it? Yes, that's it. I feel like that could be another one. No, I'm pretty it. sure that's what I meant. First thing, I'd like to point out that I don't speak French. <laughs> I one time when I was 
20 years old, I traveled first to Britain and then I was going to backpack by myself around parts of Europe. And I left London uh, in the channel to, to France. And at the time I wasn't aware of these guidebooks and I was, <laughs> and I was not a seasoned traveler and I did not speak French. And my friend Marcus's mom wrote down the name of this hotel on a slip of paper for me. And it was on the left bank and she said, go here. And then like, anyway, I, uh, I had a tough time in France because I don't speak French. And even though the French can speak English, they don't, they don't suffer fools lightly. And they know that you've, <laughs> you're being very lazy by not learning any French. Like the only thing I was saying was, je ne parle pas français, which is, I don't speak French. <laughs> I, I uh, and I probably didn't even say that right. So, but I think piece de resistance, that's like the cherry on top, right? It is. In fact, the, the single uh, best moment. Uh, let's see here. The most important or remarkable feature. The piece de resistance of the meal was the flaming ice cream. Yeah. The piece de resistance of Matthew's birthday was the Alex Battle surprise. I mean, if I, I'm excited about the birthday happy hour, and maybe it'll be a little anticlimactic. I don't know. But <laughs> it's not but, like if, building, but if building it up or anything. But but if Alex were to arrive there, that would be pretty amazing. And um, I mean, he's a you never. You never know who might pop out of that cake, Matthew. Alex is one of my newest friends. Like, I have really only met him because we started the podcast, you know, or or gotten to know him a little bit. I mean, I knew who he was. I knew of his legend. But, well, I mean, like 50 other of your friends that I didn't know before the podcast. But obviously, Alex, like Alex and I text. It's weird, you know. Uh, this I've is never an met. interesting uh, thing. This is something that comes up in my life. It is. It's great to have a new friend, isn't it? Like, to, it can really just add a certain dimension to your life, wouldn't you say? Uh, I, I have. I, I think, felt for a long time that I'm full up on friends, and so I don't make a new friend lightly. Oh no! I see. I'm. Ne- I've. I've never. I've always thought. No, you should have as many friends as possible. You should make them wherever and whenever you can. And I think you know. For me, it's all part of this, you know, it's it's your big existence, you know, and you add these people and they give dimensions to your personality. It's so important. And, you know, it opens up possibilities that, you know, that, that weren't previously available to you at all. You know, it, there, there are roads that were completely blocked off until you made this person, made this connection. And, you know, that's an amazing uh an amazing, all these amazing opportunities in your life. It's, it's incredible. Uh, but I have, however, and the reason I'm kind of hemming and hawing about this is I have come under fire from close current friends for not treating them the way that I treat new friends. <laughs> and, uh, huh. and I, you know, and I'm, I, I'd never considered it, but as soon as, uh, my my one friend pointed this out. I immediately realized it was true. And you know the reason is I think of you once you're in my tight 
friend group. And you know me, I've got a lot of even, you know, what you might call best friends, yep. you know, to the point where I've had people call me out and be like, Schaefer, I thought you can't you, have that I many best you friends. you were my best friend. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Anybody can have as many best friends as you want. You just got to, you got to work on it. Mm-hmm. You got to be there for that friend and you got to talk to them in the middle of the night. You got to, but, but it's worth it and you can do that. And, uh, but once you're in that group for me, to me, that's like, I, you know, you're my ride or die. I'll do anything for you. You'll do anything for me. And then if we can expand that group, then we have another person, you know, who will do anything for us. And, and that's a good thing. So, uh, I, but I understand the complaint and I, I've actually tried to change my behavior since that, that conversation was probably 20 years ago now or something like that, yeah. uh, 15 years ago. And I, I've tried to do things a little different. Hopefully, that person does feel uh, does feel more seen to me. You're at least aware of that perspective. Yeah. I I, I want to say I love your um, your all encompassing sort of love when you look at that situation. I, I, let me say this about my comment. I have so many amazing friends. And I know that my life is super finite and I just, if I probably don't have enough moments to spend with the friends I already have, although I love adding a new friend, but let me say this, you got to be discerning. The point of view of that friend who pointed out that like you too easily give yourself to a new friend. I I know that feeling. I I had that feeling about an old friend of ours back in the day. I bet you can imagine who that is like too many friends like you you, in a way you like spread your love thin yeah i can understand that um but i you know i don't know but i'm always i'm always excited to add a new one but um, for one thing anybody that i would consider a best friend is not somebody who would be like is somebody who would understand oh matthew has a lot going on in his life he doesn't have the right you know he doesn't have a whole lot of time for me so i'll any 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 time that he does have i will take and i will appreciate but you know uh i mean i think that our our philosophies on that are very similar although yours is yours is just a little more permissive (laughs) i am nothing if not permissive (laughs) it's true (laughs) keeping in the topic of friends though um yes it is my birthday I am 45 today. It, do you remember how old 45 seemed when you were 20? Can can you remember how think can you think of that? Uh yeah, for yeah, 45 wasn't even on my radar yeah, when I was 20. You never thought you'd It wasn't really on my radar when I was 20 when I was 30, you, you know. You never thought you'd be that old, really. Yep. And then uh, however, I have always I've always had older friends. Like it never, it doesn't, you know, age was just the number to me. When I was 25, I dated a 45 year old. Uh, no, she was actually 49. Okay. Uh, yeah. When I was, when I was 25, I briefly dated a 49 year old. Interesting. I had like, and, and I had like older friends that I'd make, met through work that I would, you know, drink in bars with. Um, so, However, no, uh, yeah, I, so I guess that, you know, kind of cuts both ways. I I both, I couldn't fathom being that age, but also, like, it didn't matter to me if you were that age, you know? 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, I should remember that because oh, I'm already having this like ageism thing. Where well, I, I was I was talking like about the old this, guy uh, in the room. I was actually talking about this with a new friend the other night, and that's it's something where in Houston and in New York, I always felt like age was just a thing and it didn't matter. You know, age was just a number. And, but I feel like Austin's very different. Maybe Austin's a little more like. youth focused. And it's just, yeah, it's so clicky. You run in your click. You guys all listen to the same music. You all listen to this, you know. So y'all. Do we all listen to the same music? You all have to be the same age. I, I realize that ours is, is not quite the Ghetto same, boys. But I feel like. <laughs> all day, our day. I feel like it does tend to be a little more clicky. And, and Houston was more clicky than New York. And, and and Austin is more clicky than Houston. I think it's just a size of the town, mm-hmm. and you know, number of number of people who are in it, and number of people who are close together. Uh, it just kind of starts to break things down when everybody's on top of each other. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, have you ever thought about the fact that you are now 15 years away from being 60? <laughs> uh, I don't like to think about it <laughs> that way at all. <laughs> that that occurred to me the other day, and it completely blew my mind i was just gonna say that i'm still feeling pretty good for being 45 and i i don't know i don't know how i thought i was gonna feel but i think i'm still feeling pretty good and then like i'm having this stupid like thing that happens and birthdays make me reflective you Uh know like it makes me like think about the past and take stock something something about that beastie boys documentary was already making me reflective and uh this is like the last thing that i really want to be i I find nostalgia to be akin to masochism you know because Mm. it's like it's it's a thing that's gone you know and that you can't ever have again and it like sometimes when you when you wallow in it it can be unhealthy and sure definitely if you wallow in it but also, like, but a small amount of nostalgia can be a very wonderful, kind of a pleasurable, melancholy, you know. Uh, yeah, you're right. Don't wallow in it. We were talking about friends from far away earlier, and uh, I, I drift back to my time in San Francisco a lot. And I'm sure you can relate, you know, from some times you had in New York where, you know, you have these times in your life that are outsized and they're somehow filled with more impact than other time and and they're just glittery and and you seem to you seem to remember how you just paraded through life during these times and you were surrounded by amazing people and you were doing things that felt uh progressive and and like you know just full of wonder and power and uh my time in san francisco was like that i got a i got a birthday text from harper honan uh some uh, a married couple matt and harper honan um they are southerners harper is from bowling green kentucky matt is from la that's lower alabama um and i met them in san francisco um Matt is actually the the bureau chief for BuzzFeed San Francisco now. Um, he's always been a he's wow. always been a he's always been a journalist. He he was writing for like the San Francisco Chronicle. I remember 
they were both in the band. Matthew been talking to the Taliban, otherwise known as Hamotam, which is a, an acronym for half a man or twice a man. And um, they were both in the band. They were, you know, crucial members of this group of, of it was it was it was me and them and uh, their friend Jeff Saunders, who who had knew them for years from the south, and then our friend Ezra that we worked with. That was Hamatam and me, and um, we, you know, we were doing these things that just felt so magical to us, and we really only spent two years together. And but the the place in my heart that I have for these people is way bigger than two years. And I went back to the Bay Area in 2018 it was actually in my birthday week of 2018 um for the first time since i left you know like 2003 it had been like 15 years and i hadn't seen them i i of course we corresponded and kept in touch on social media and um you know it was so amazing to see them again and and you know they have that same feeling of this time in our lives being so uh i keep thinking of this word outsized you know like there are other times in your life where things are a little more turgid and and time passes in these kind of like gray spaces and but then these other times that are just like you know so much was happening and maybe it was a transition in your life i don't like i don't i don't i don't really know all the processes that work there and but I know everybody that's listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. And definitely, um, uh, man, it was so, I, I, it was so awesome to hear from them today. Harper texted me early this morning. It must've been like 7am and in, in on the West coast. And, um, so I love them. And, um, I, 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 I'm not crying you're crying. <laughs> I, I put that in the text to Harper. Like, I thought that was good. Um, <laughs> birthdays are weird, man. It's, 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 I, I get weirded out about the pressure of, of birthdays. It's like, it's like the pressure of holidays. Uh, it's like, here's a day on the calendar where you are to feel this certain thing, you know, like it's a day to celebrate and be happy and it's your birthday. And, I, yeah. I love the well wishes coming in. It's just sometimes I, <laughs> my lack of respect for authority makes me be like, man, I'll just, I'll be happy on the day I want to be happy. I'm going to celebrate today. <laughs> I've always, Birth, birthdays are a day to get drunk and roll around in the dirt and no one can judge you for it. <laughs> I'm doing it all wrong. <laughs> I am doing it wrong. You know, we're talking about nostalgia. I was recently um, thinking about this thing that happens at my house and that has happened to, and that has happened to all of people who've made it to a certain age of maturation. You, you have, I saw this on the show sheet. I was like, boy, this is, this is a nostalgia thing. Isn't you're, it? you're born with these teeth. Or like your teeth come in and then they just fall out of your head and these other teeth push their way through. Like, all, yeah, like it's weird. I, I, I thought, it, I guess in my mind it was like just the front teeth that did this. No, it's like 
the everything the canines and the first molars and maybe not maybe not all the molars come out but uh we got a lot of teeth falling out over here these days isabel just like will be last night at the dinner table she's just like oh i'm a tooth wiggly i'm gonna go to the bathroom and handle this she's like ah, ah, ah. i got her so she's, she's just handling those teeth these days and um it's this whole weird thing where i've taken on a new role as well i'm not a casting director but i sort of have the face of can you imagine me as the tooth fairy <laughs> no, i hope dotty and shafey aren't <laughs> listening to this um yeah i'm the tooth fairy and then you know we keep the teeth and so like that's a this is a thing that's sort of a tradition is like mums keep their kids teeth you know like yeah. amy's got amy's got this little like jewelry box we just drop the tooth in there it's got all the teeth interesting in there. And it's like you know sentimentality and you like hold on to these things of course we've talked about all the boxes at your house and i've got my one archive we're all we're all holding on to things you know but then yeah. i started thinking about this moment in a mother's life and you imagine she's older kids are off at college let's say one's at stanford one's at like a community college you know <laughs> yin yang in case in case uh, uh, and but then there's this moment i feel like where they might be like what, what am I doing with these teeth? Like, what, do, you, do you think moms just hold on to them till their deathbed? Or sometimes they'll be like, nah, we're, we're downsizing, you know? Man, I no, got to get, uh, get rid of these teeth. You definitely, you got me there with that grown kid. Like, here's the little piece of my kid that's with me now. Uh, I hope that that's, that's, that's one way to do it, I think. Yeah, hang on to it. Keep, keep them in your... In your little drawer where you keep your special things, and uh, a lot of people do it. But that's but you you don't want to pass them down though, like then your kid will get their kid's teeth. Maybe you don't want like I I wouldn't want Wait, like what do you mean my, pass them down? <laughs> like yeah, I wouldn't teeth want teeth become like, an heirloom, right? <laughs> yeah, like I wouldn't want uh, like if you know, God forbid if. My parents were to pass away. I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to have an envelope with my teeth in it handed to me. Be like, all right, these are yours. <laughs> I mean, we didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> That's weird. And then you're like, well, I've got them now, and you're lucky because you got a lot of file boxes, and you could just file them yeah. away. <laughs> I would. I would toss them. I'll become. I'll become the world's uh, the world's repository for for old unwanted teeth. I would put them in the landfill straight away. Like for sure, but I did. I did look this up. Is this, this Matthew? Is this the weirdest? Is this the weirdest moment in one magical hour history? No way. No way. I mean, <laughs> maybe we can collect them and we'll take a vote. But and this might be on that list. Um, it's pretty. pretty weird. I did look it up though, and um, so actually, uh, here's the headline: Are baby teeth important? The potentially life-saving reason you should hold on to your child's baby teeth. What? Scientists are calling on parents to hold on to their child's baby teeth for a very important reason. What are the many markers that your child is growing up is the loss of their little milk teeth. While some parents choose to hold on to the baby teeth for sentimental reasons, others simply toss the teeth. However, doctors are urging parents to hold on to important baby teeth and keep them somewhere safe as one day they could save a life. 
See, apparently, uh, there's there's stem cells in those teeth. A, a, wow. a scientific study from 2003 proved that milk teeth, and I've never heard them called that, are a rich source of stem cells, which can be harvested and used to grow multiple uh, other cells if needed. Mm, that's where my new liver is going to come from. Yep. Hope your mom's got them teeth. No, it goes on to say later in the article that you can't just keep them in a uh, <laughs> you can't just keep them in a jar in the closet. They have to be um, they have to be kept. What, what does this say? Um, Cryogenically, keeping or the teeth in a jar at the back of the closet isn't enough to preserve the special quality. The teeth need to be kept fresh so they won't degrade over time, and the stem cells won't lose their potency. There are some businesses that are uh, you can send them to, and they will keep the teeth uh, fresh and able wow. to so recover the stem a, cells. Or actually, I think these businesses will recover stem cells. Business. Yes, a real tooth fairy business. Wow, that's what the. This is what, when when the rubber hits the road, I'm tired of lying to my kids with the Santa and the and the <laughs> and the, the the tooth fairy. What else? Democracy. Um, I I, I, I want to just tell them the truth. And um, when it comes to the tooth fairy, if it comes up again, I'm going to be like, well, the tooth fairy is keeping your teeth for stem cell. For growing your ear back when you accidentally lose it in a fencing accident at Stanford. <laughs> your first choice. Um, in, in, uh, uh. in other really weird niche thoughts... Yes. When you go to the... Oh, wait. <laughs> I think we need a beat for that. Um... <laughs> in other weird niche thoughts new segment other weird niche thoughts <laughs> have you ever thought about all of the allen wrenches that come with every little piece of hardware or every ikea thing or every like everything you buy that just needs one allen wrench and it comes with it have you ever thought about how many of those are just discarded and just like filling up the landfills as uh, one-time use tools that come with things. Do you ever consider those? They're guys? right. They're right next to the giant mountain of uneaten coleslaw that New York City throws out every year. Oh my god! I uh, I, I just listened to this <laughs> podcast on the great manure pile of New York City of 1884. Go ahead, uh, tell me about the coleslaw. In every diner in New York City, and there's a lot of diners in New York City. They all give you this cup oh. of no matter what you get. You get a hamburger, you get a <laughs> roast beef, you get a salad. You're going to get this not insignificantly sized cup of really not very good coleslaw with your, that no one ever eats. It's just like garnish, right? What happens to that? Somewhere there's so much coleslaw that is... <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah... If you're sitting at a diner in New York City waiting on your lunch, maybe you're kind of hungry, and then you start to think of that mountain of coleslaw somewhere, and then you're just not hungry anymore. <laughs> it's, but it's next to the big pile of Allen wrenches. Well, I mean, 
<laughs> that's a weird place. It's like a weird Neverland, a weird Twasn't sort of place <laughs> where all those things go. If, if you're out there and you love, because like I tried to do, I would put Tabasco on there. I would put salt and pepper on there. I tried to find a way to make that. And and I like coleslaw. Okay. If it's done I right. Too. Right. You know? uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but there was just nothing to be done about that. And I, man, yeah, I started to think it like, does that come just in a giant, like plastic jug pre-made? I think it must. Uh, <laughs> I think we need, Sorry. A, I think we need a new segment on this show called I hate waste. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe, uh, Maybe we're doing something good for the world by giving those cabbage farmers a, a livelihood. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what else are they going to do? I would like to bring this back around to the core of this show. Because this show obviously got off the rails. Um, <laughs> as they as, as they, they want to do. do. I think what we need to just like bring it back together to like have some little cohesion some have some harmony in the show is I think we need a poetry corner. By all means. And luckily I, I and luckily I wrote a beat. <laughs> Come on, you don't write the beat. The beat writes you. But the poetry don't write themselves. <laughs> All you got to do is pick the best words and put them in the best order. There's my 2020, my 2020 poetry file. I'd like to read you guys a, a relatively new poem. Is this a Schaefer Hall original? Yeah. Yes. Sweet. This is called The Months That the Years Wait The Years That the Days and Months Turned Into The Years That the Days and Months Turned Into I was the kid who jumped in the puddle in the rain and I was the rain and I was the street and I was the sky reflected in the rain on the street I was a trolley car engineer, and I was the trolley car. I was a scientist, bent over a microscope until the muscles in my back were knotted. And I was the tiny stuff in the dish at which she stared. I was a song, and I was the old man who sang to pass the time, and I was the time that passed, and I was the comfort that came, and the sadness that was. I was a trash barrel fire, and the men who stood around it. I was a firefighter. And I was the coffee the firefighter drank to stay awake through the disaster that I was. I was the corn, and I was the folk singer who protested me because I was changed. I was the angry one, and I was the sad one, and I am the head shaking in the corner. I am a pile of bones, and I am the satiated parasites in the dirt below the pile of bones, and I am the dirt who waits for the rain. Beautiful. (laughs) Maybe not the happiest 
poem to end your birthday episode on, but I, I like I, I reached for it because I wanted that kind of rebirth thing happening. You know, it's another another year passes and then a new year begins. And this hasn't been a happy episode <laughs> at all. I don't I I've exactly done, like I've done a, exactly I've like done you're a lot saying. Of laughing. It, but, well, because <laughs> tragedy is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that's just. You you said it there, but with the birthday and the the passing of one year and the beginning, I mean that that's it. Like you can't have new life without death. It's death and rebirth, just like Madonna. Keeps right on going. Yep. Well, we love you guys, and, and we really need you to review us on Apple Podcasts because it's been a minute since we've had a review, and we got to rev those things up. So please. By all means, get at us, Jeff. We need we need some more questions, Jeff. Join us in two days hence, Friday, May seventh, twenty twenty one, at the front page at Springdale General in Austin, Texas. Everyone, come one, come all. Somebody, please be the piece de resistance. Siete de Matthew. Siete de Mateo. So excited. Uh, thanks, for everybody. We love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, look forward to the rebirth of episode 92, which will be uh, will be on its way shortly. And in the meantime, the poorer the choices, the sweeter the podcast. Yeah.